0: around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello there. Welcome to the program. My name is Gary Zimek. Why don't you come on in and make yourself at home. Merry Christmas. Let me say that to you again. Just a reminder. That we are still in the Christmas season, so it's absolutely appropriate and encouraged to say Merry Christmas. We don't want to lose sight of the special season that we are still in. Our Lord Jesus Christ came into our world to help us, to lead us back to heaven, to open, uh, to, to, to lead us back to the Father, to open the gates of heaven. I mean, really, really good stuff. Today, we are going to look at the mass readings for the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And as such, all the readings that we look at today from the the Sunday, and this is the Sunday after Christmas, all of these readings are going to have some element of the family in them. So we're going to hear a lot about families today and why the family is important. And of course, we don't want to overlook the fact that Jesus, when he came into the world, was born into a family, Right. So obviously the family is important to God. So we're going to talk about that on the program today. Before we go any further, we're going to start with prayer in a minute. But I want to thank you. I want to thank you for all of your 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 well wishes, your prayers, your contributions to my ministry. I'm very grateful, especially at this time of year as we get ready to close out one year, we begin to prepare to open a new year. I want to thank you. It's been a good year and I'm very grateful for your support. You are the reason that I keep doing this show, so thank you very much. And be assured that you are in my prayers every day. I keep doing my prayers every day, and I am incredibly grateful for the fact that you you show up, you, you're here for the program, and, I, and I'm getting a lot of support for this show, so I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Okay, why don't we do this? Let's pray right now. Let's talk. Speaking of families, let's speak with our Heavenly Father right now, and let's recognize that we are in his presence. And we're going to ask him to bless us, bless our families, bless our friends, bless this uh, time that we spend together, as only he can do. So we be, we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you so much for allowing us to have this time with you. Thank you for giving me the privilege, Father, to share my thoughts with everyone who listens to this program. I'm grateful for your support, Father. I'm grateful that you created each one of us. I'm grateful, Father, for the fact that you sent Jesus into this world. And I'm grateful, Father, for families, my family, our church family, everyone who listens to this program's family. We're grateful, Father, for families this day. Father, I ask you to Give me the words so that I can properly deliver the message that you have for us. And I ask you also to open all of our minds and all of our hearts so that when we hear your message, that we can respond in a way that pleases you. Father, I ask these things in the name above all names, in the name of Jesus Christ, who is your Son and our Lord, and who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thank you for praying with me. Again, my name is Gary Zimek. We come to you once each week at this time, uh, courtesy of many Catholic radio stations around the country, as well as several podcast services who carry the podcast of this show. I'm grateful for all these individuals who make it possible for you and I to get together each week. This week, as I mentioned, we're going to look at the Mass readings for the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. (coughs) Excuse me. I knew that was happening. I felt that tickle coming on. I was reaching for my water. Couldn't quite get to it in time. Um, These readings, this Feast of the Holy Family, is celebrated on the first Sunday after Christmas. So that's what we're going to look at this week, the readings for the um, the first Sunday of the first Sunday after Christmas, the uh, the feast of the Holy Family. If you would like to find out more about the work that I do, see my books. Invite me to speak at your parish or your conference. Sign up for my daily email reflection or find out about my daily 5-minute podcast. This one's 30 minutes, but we also I also do a 5-minute one each day. You can find out about all these things by going to my website followingthetruth.com. And I'm really excited about um, I don't I don't have anything official to share with you yet, but next advent, I have a book coming out. It's an advent book. And uh it's a daily devotional that's my favorite kind of book to write, and I really believe it could help you during the Advent season. I'm excited about it. We we now have a name, sort of an unofficial official name for the book, Find Peace in Advent, and again, it's a daily devotional walking you through every day of Advent looking at the, the daily Mass readings, and I'm excited about it. I'm going to tell you more about that in the months to come. I don't know exactly when it's going to come out, Sometime after Lent, I do know that much, but uh, stay tuned for more information. And then after that, I do have another book that I'm working on, still in very much in the planning uh, stages, but we do have a contract for that one. So it's going to happen. I just don't know the details. So You're not getting rid of me yet. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I love it. I love to be able to share the good news with you. Um, FollowingTheTruth.com is the place to go to find out all about me and the work that I do. All right, let's look at these readings, and we're going to do them as I always do. We will start with the gospel and then work backwards. And again, these readings all are family-related in some way as we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus Mary and Joseph. So let's look at the gospel now. Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. Luke writes this, When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they took him up, and we're talking about Mary and Joseph, they took him up to Jerusalem, they took Jesus up to Jerusalem, to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now, you know, the gospel is going to continue. I just want to make the point that you might think that Jesus should have some privilege since he is the son of God. I mean, you would almost think like he should be immune or excluded from having to follow the Mosaic law when it comes to the, the, the firstborn male child, but in an act of obedience. And, you know, everything about Jesus was was an, was an example of obedience, and that's the, the example he gives for us. Mary and Joseph followed the Mosaic law, the law of Moses, and did what they were supposed to do and present Jesus in the temple. And because they did, you're going to see some really neat things develop uh, when they went to the temple in Jerusalem to present Jesus. Back to the gospel. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in sight of all the people's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted and you your you yourself a sword will pierce. So that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple. Um, She never left the temple, I'm sorry, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, that's Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now, we see in this gospel, again, some really neat things taking place, all because Mary and Joseph followed the law of Moses and took Jesus to the temple. They didn't want an exclusion. They weren't looking to be treated as privileged characters in any way. They were following the law of Moses, which would have been God's will for them. And I really think there's an important lesson in here for us. What happened? What good came out of them following the law? Well, for one thing, we see the story of this man, Simeon, a righteous man, a devout man. He's awaiting the consolation of Israel. So he is someone who's expecting the Messiah. He's expecting the arrival of the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit, in communicating with Simeon, revealed that he will not die before he had seen the Christ of the Lord, the Messiah, Jesus. That was a special revelation of the Holy Spirit to Simeon. So what happened? He came in the Spirit into the temple. So Mary and Joseph are following God's will. Simeon is listening to the Holy Spirit, and he goes to the temple. And then the parents bring in Jesus... Simeon takes the child in his arms and blesses God because he's thrilled about this. He was told, Simeon was told, that you will not die before you see the Messiah. This was a big deal. Simeon was one of many people waiting and waiting for the arrival of the Savior. And then Simeon was so grateful when he sold the child. Remember, a lot of people who knew the Messiah was coming didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah. They weren't open to it. But Simeon, on the other hand, being very obedient, open open to God's will, gets to see, not only see but hold the Messiah. And then he speaks to the Lord saying, "Now Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Look how grateful He is that he got to see with his own eyes the Messiah which you prepared in sight for all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. Recognizing, I mean, Simeon obviously is inspired by the Holy Spirit to realize that the Messiah is not just to be for the Jewish people, but for the Gentiles as well. And then what happened? So Simeon is blessed by following God's will and going to the temple. Mary and Joseph follow God's will. They get to bless Simeon by their presence and the presence of Jesus. And then what happens? Simeon speaks to Mary, telling her that this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. In other words, Jesus is going to make a difference. He's going to change a lot of lives. And then he speaks to Mary. Simeon speaks to Mary saying that she's going to have to suffer. You yourself, a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So God is speaking through Simeon, who's there because he followed the Holy Spirit, to Mary, who's there because she and Joseph We're following the law of Moses and therefore doing God's will. So Mary is getting a message from Simeon, letting her know that there's going to be suffering in her life. And this is beautiful to see how God speaks oftentimes to us through other people. And then we see Anna, the prophetess, also in the temple. She never left the temple. So this is a very holy, devout, righteous woman She worshiped night and day with fasting and prayer, and she gave thanks to God because she's also getting to see the Messiah. And she spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. So Anna got a boost by seeing Jesus, and that inspired her to continue sharing about him to others. Because remember, a lot of people... Many, many people rejected Jesus. They didn't believe he was the Messiah. They weren't willing to listen to him. So somebody like Anna, who is endorsing Jesus, who is letting people know that he's the real deal, she is evangelizing. She is sharing the good news. And all of this happens because of some people, Mary and Joseph and Simeon and Anna, obeyed the will of God and went to the temple for various different reasons. They're all there. And God works through them. And ultimately, he is working through that family unit of Mary and Jesus and Joseph to do his work in the world. He's doing his work through the family. Let's look at the first reading now. And again, remember, these readings were for the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. First reading is Genesis chapter 15, and it begins in verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. I will make your reward. Very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what good will your gifts be if I keep on being childless and have as my heir the steward of my house, Eliezer? Abram continued, see, you have given me no offspring. Now here we have a man, Abram, who would be who go on to be named Abraham, who didn't have children. He's waiting for an offspring. And he says, he, he talks to the Lord and says, you've given me no offspring. And so therefore, one of my servants will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. The Lord speaks to Abram and he says, no, That one shall not be your heir. Your own issue shall be your heir. Even though Abram and his wife Sarah were elderly, God said, you will have a child. Then the word of the Lord came to Abram and he said, he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. Just so, he added, shall your descendants be. Abram put his faith in the Lord who credited it to him as an act of righteousness. So, Abram believed what the Lord said, that he would have his own child. He and Sarah would have their own offspring. And he would have many descendants. But it required faith for Abram to believe this. The Lord took note of Sarah as he had said he would. He did for her as he promised. Sarah became pregnant. And bore Abraham a son in his old age. At the time set at the time at the set time that God had stated. See, God's not in a hurry. One of the things that drives us crazy is God has his own schedule. And he's going to do things on God time. And for many of us, that's not easy to accept. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son of his, whom Sarah bore him. So again, we're seeing. God working through a family. And this is how he so often does. In the case of Abraham and Sarah and their son Isaac and Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we see the Lord doing his work through families. The responsorial Psalm, Psalm 105, the Lord remembers his covenant forever. Give thanks to the Lord, invoke his name, make known among the nations his deeds. Sing to him, sing his praise, proclaim all his wondrous deeds. Glory in his holy name. Rejoice, O hearts that seek the Lord. Look to the Lord in his strength. Constantly seek his face. You descendants of Abraham, his servants, sons of Jacob, his chosen ones, he the Lord is our God. Throughout the earth, his judgments prevail. And, of course, you see that reference to the descendants of Abraham, his family, his extended family, which is the promise that God made to Abraham that he would have numerous descendants. And it it didn't look good because Abraham was getting older and older. But God came through. Back to the psalm, he remembers forever his covenant which he made binding for a thousand generations which he entered into with Abraham and by his oath to Isaac. The Lord remembers his covenant forever. Now we're going to see, now remember the story of Abraham known initially as Abram was that God wanted to create a people for himself and in order to do that, to create a family if you will, And in order to do that, he called Abraham and he said, Abraham, come on, I need you to go with me. So Abraham went with God. And this was the beginning. Abraham was really one of our early fathers. And when we look at our fathers in faith, when we look at our own lives as members of the church or part of the family of God, we can credit Abraham, who initially, just like we saw in the gospel with all these people, Joseph and Mary and Simeon and Anna, going to the temple, following God's will, we see Abraham being called and following and trusting God, choosing to believe him. And as a result, God worked through this family of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac. Okay, now let's look at the second reading, which is from the letter to the Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8, beginning in verse uh, chapter 11 verse eight brothers and and I really like this. this is really uh, it sums up the story of the trust and the faith that Abraham had in God, even though things did not look good on the surface, didn't look good like the God was going to really come through uh, on his promise, but he did. And I think for you and me, this is a reminder for us. It's something good to remember that oftentimes in our lives, it doesn't look like God's going to come through. You ever been in that type of situation? Things look really ugly or it looks like you're in an impossible situation. But this is what faith is all about. Faith calls us to trust, to choose to trust God, to place our trust in Him, even when our own reason... And our own eyes and our own senses are saying, I don't know, this is a long shot, but we remember that God can do all things. So this second reading, brothers and sisters, by faith Abraham obeyed, which is the obedience we saw in the gospel with Mary and Joseph, Simeon, Anna, all going to the temple when they knew God was calling them to go to the temple. And... Abraham did the same thing. We, we see that throughout his life. And in this reading, we, we hear, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He went out, not knowing where he was to go. By faith he received power to generate, even though he was past the normal age. And Sarah herself was sterile, for he thought that the one Who had made the promise was trustworthy. Abraham believed that God, who made the promise to him that he would have an heir, was trustworthy. That's what faith does. Faith enables us to believe in God that what he is saying is true. Even when our reason, our human reason, might tell us otherwise. You know, it doesn't look good, but God said it, so it must be true. So it was that there came forth from one man, himself as good as dead, because Abraham was so old, descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. By faith, Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac, for he who had received the promises was ready to offer his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac, descendants shall bear your name. He reasoned that God was able to raise even from the dead, and he received Isaac back as a symbol. Now, you know, many times we hear this crazy story of Abraham and Isaac, and the Lord asks Abraham to sacrifice his his son. This promised son, who was the link between Abraham and all these descendants that were promised to him. I mean, you know, we gotta remember, Abraham's a hundred years old. He has a son finally in his old age, and now God says, I need you to sacrifice him. But here, in this is so good. In the letter to the Hebrews, we get a look into why Abraham was able to do that. You know, sometimes we think, wow, that's so that's so nasty, and that's so cold that Abraham was ready to sacrifice his son. This is why he did it. He reasoned that God was able to raise even from the dead, and that he received Isaac back as a symbol. Abraham figured, well, God's telling me to sacrifice my son, then therefore he's going to somehow raise him from the dead. I'm going to do what God said. What incredible obedience, incredible faith, and obviously. That's a strong example for us. It's also what's known as a, um, a we, we see, when we look at that, we see in Abraham's action, this is known as a biblical type of something, it, it, looking forward to something that would have sort of a, mes, a messianic prophecy of what would happen in the future when God would raise up his son Jesus from the dead. So we see a, a foreshadowing of that in the story of Abraham and Isaac. But throughout these readings today, as we look at all these readings, we see an example of how God works in the family. And therefore, if you are a part of the family, you know even if you don't have your own biological family, you are certainly are part of a family. Um, you were born into a family. You know even if you were adopted, you still have birth parents. But we all come from a family. And also, we have great opportunities to love God in within the structure of the family. So, primarily, I spend a lot of time with my wife and my daughters. I can really love God by loving them. I get the chance to grow in virtue. I get the chance to love as God loves. I get the chance to really be God-like in my family. Do I always do it? Absolutely not. I mess up a lot, but we have this opportunity. And as a family unit, we're an example of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We also can be an example of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Thank you so much for listening to the program. I look forward to joining you next week. God bless you.